And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier f- podcast for the website, zebluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Here we are. New setup, kind of, if you're watching the video, uh, which I urge you to do over there at C Plus Comedy. Uh, well, yeah, you can do it at cpluscomedy.com or at youtube.com slash cpluscomedy. You can see that I am hands-free from everything. All the technology I was relying on before, <laughs> which is great. I got the GoPro in a new corner of the room, hopefully to get a better shot, because over there it was too dark. Uh, if I have not done any post-processing to the video, <laughs> it's way too bright, both outside and in front. <laughs> but we have the Zoom recorder, brand hunk of new junk sitting right next to me, iPad's hooked up to it, and uh, my phone is right next to it, doing the countdown. And uh, we're back to the laptop, because that is the... That's the best way I feel about things. Um, so here we are mid coronavirus thing, coronavirus thing. <laughs> I was still going to work because apparently broadcast television is essential work is what I've been told by, uh, my, the, the guy who owns the company by this, the state of Georgia, by the city of Atlanta. Um, so here we are. I'm still going to work. One of, I would say, eight people in the entire office out of 260 people that work for this, this station for the network. One of eight people that's still going in and there's may, and there's a security guard on the floor above us. And then maybe two more people. So max 10 people that are going in, uh, which is, I mean, makes my commute again. I know I've mentioned it before. Commute is good. 15 minutes up, 15 minutes down. One time it took 20 and I was pissed. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. <laughs> you know, people are dying, uh, over a thousand deaths, but it's it, other than that, you know, there's plentiful parking at the office, uh, today and yesterday in the middle of the day, I just went down to the garage where there was no parking. There was, I mean, where there's no cars and just walked back and forth for about an hour. Uh, today I walked for a little bit and then I got tired and I said, you know what? I'm going to go sit in my car. And, uh, uh, <laughs> I, just, I don't know if I should mention this, but <laughs> luck had it. I brought down my iPad <laughs> and I started watching uh, mythic quest over on Apple TV. Mythic quest is the show created by Rob McElhaney. Did I pronounce the name? Um, and, uh, I think David Crosby as well. <laughs> I don't know if that's his name, David Crosby. No, that's a singer-songwriter, you idiot. David Cornsby? <laughs> oh, Hornsby. It's Hornsby. That's what it is. David Hornsby's in it as well, both from uh, It's Always Sunny. Very funny show. Very funny show. Uh, but, it's a, but it's a show about video. It's, it's kind of like a World of Warcraft-type video game that also is extremely popular in today's day and age. And I, and I say that because in the second episode, Rob McElhaney's character, who's like supposed to be this giant video game magnate that everybody respects, he, the, one of my issues with some sitcoms or dramas, in fact, too, as well, is when you have a character that's famous, they, they there's like, there's no proportionality to how famous that person really would be in real life. So you'll see like a sitcom, somebody's famous and they'll say like, I'm friends with Beyonce, <laughs> but the best the most famous uh, character, the most not character, the most famous person they've had on the show as a guest star would be like 
uh, Fred Melman, <laughs> which sounds like a dig. It's not to Fred Melman. He's a great, great character actor. Um, but not what I would call, you know, a tier famous, which we shouldn't be tearing people in the first place. But I should check in the recording. <laughs> uh, but it's a very fine show. Very well done. Great cast. Very funny. I just finished Avenue five as well. Um, it's not, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. It's not the best thing. Uh, oh, and then also I interviewed, um, huh. I, I just read a, a trending headline on deadline. It said Seattle and NPR station says it will no longer carry Donald Trump's coronavirus to briefings live because of misinformation. Wow. And I, that's where they, you know, that's the, that's one of the epicenters, the second epicenter compared to New York where it's just exploding. Anyway, um, but I talked, I spoke to Larry, the cable guy. Um, I had my interview and this, this thing came just in time for it. Uh, so it was great. Uh, it was 40 minutes long <laughs> and, uh, I, we had a good time. Um, about 30 minutes in, I asked a question in regards to coronavirus and like, and how comedy is going to bounce back. And he, I don't know what to say because I don't want to be rude, but he did answer the question. But when he came, when he came back, the, the answer he gave me back, well, he didn't answer the question, but <laughs> no one listens to this show. But his answer veered towards politics, which this show, see the seedless company, the constitutionals news time. Uh, while you can look at me and go, I, I know what side you land on. Um, which I voted for Trump. Um, I'm kidding. I didn't. Um, but you can, you can look at me and go, you know, what? this guy's a, a pretty liberal person. Uh, I don't think you can tell it over the phone. I, I probably, you, if you're not watching the video, you probably can't even tell I'm a, I'm a Negro here sitting on the couch. <laughs> Negro sitting on the couch. Uh, that's the title. 652. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm just writing down the timestamps of what the title is instead. Um, but why? But he he veered into politics and he kind of just went off on a ten minute tangent about how uh, political correctness is ruining comedy and this and that and and then uh, first time ever for the first time ever I decided to uh, I don't want to say fight but fight back against what the interviewee was saying and then uh, you know we I tried to keep it cool and he tried to keep it cool but it was just like I could feel the animosity. <laughs> Uh, I was very, let me tell you, I was very happy to, you know, after, after 10, 11 minutes to get back to just talking about comedy, <laughs> but all in all, Larry, uh, uh, Dan, Daniel Whitney. Also, I didn't know what to call him. I, I asked him specifically, I was like, Hey, should I call you Dan Daniel? Or should I call you, uh, Larry? He said, call me whatever you feel like. <laughs> uh, so once I let it slip as Larry. And then at the end I was, I made sure to call him Daniel, but he's a, he's a insightful person. Um, he's friends with people like Colin Quinn and Lewis Black. So he's, so he can, I mean, obviously he's not, he's not a jerk, but, uh, just him, the fact of him bringing that up, uh, apropos of nothing, (laughs) what we're just talking about, can comedy bounce back from the coronavirus (laughs) was truly magic. (laughs) Look, I was watching David Blaine, you know, do some card tricks. (laughs) Okay. All right. And I have, I have 40 minutes to work with, so I'm going to, he's going to be a profile piece. 
I'm very happy that uh, we had this conversation. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get on with this first stories. Both Endeavor and UTA are going to make some cuts because of this coronavirus pandemic. Now, uh, UTA and Endeavor are both entertainment brands, not brands, managing companies. Uh, Endeavor is owned by WME, and they're making... Let me start with UTA because that was the first one I brought up, but this comes from Variety, uh, written by Justin Kroll. UTA cuts salaries across company amid coronavirus pandemic. So UTA is the United... God, these freaking pop-ups, man. You almost made me curse on this show. Okay. Uh, So the presidents, the CEO, Jeremy Zimmer, and co-presidents Jay Suris and David Kramer address the staff via a video conference on Monday to break the news. Uh, So what they're doing is they are going to cut salaries. I believe there's a percentage they're doing it by. Uh, Excuse me. The decision is thought by insiders. Okay, yeah, so it's just um, just cutting salaries. Um, Structures of the machine. Okay, so they're doing it in such a way that the most senior colleagues are making the largest financial sacrifice. I forgot what company it was, but before I came inside here to record this show, I saw, I read a story about... One company uh, where the execs are taking a 10% cut uh, so that the people below them can get paid or something like that. I don't know. I don't really want to pay attention anyway. <laughs> um, so they're just they're just cutting costs. They're not being really specific with it. And actually, there's nothing on here. The numbers were on here earlier. Uh, but anyway, the decision is thought by insiders to be a better alternative to the outright layoffs enacted by Paradigm Agency last Friday, which could result in up to 100 pink slips in the company, in a company of about 700 employees. That's for Paradigm. And then for Endeavor, and then UTA, obviously making cuts. Endeavor, this is from Deadline, written by Mike Fleming Jr. Uh, Ari Emanuel, you might know that name, is and uh, Patrick Whiteshell. They described the cuts. They said there's going to be about 250 jobs, mostly from operational roles uh, that cannot be performed from homes. Um, and that includes staffs at hotels, restaurants that are owned by the parent company. Uh, and then some of those people, and the parent company is WME, William Morris Endeavor, I believe it's called. But Endeavor's the, uh, I don't know the managerial arm, Not managerial the the operational arm. I don't know. But WME is a it's just like UTA. It's a talent agency company. I should have said that for UTA, <laughs> talent agency company. So I believe that just like I don't think I pulled the story up. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, and then this is also one from BuzzFeed. I should probably turn those off. <laughs> Ari Emanuel is not going to take. A salary, and Patrick, his uh, partner, Patrick Whiteshell, are not taking a salary for the rest of the year. And the same thing is happening for BuzzFeed. This comes from the rap written by J. Clara Chan. BuzzFeed to reduce employee pay, CEO to forego salary due to coronavirus pandemic. They also know these memos. BuzzFeed CEO John Peretti is not going to take any money for us a year. And then uh, employee pay is going to be slashed between 5 to 25% for at least two months. So the first couple of months, you know, depending on how much you make, you lose 5%. I believe, here's the, here are the numbers. Salary reductions, which began 
on April 1st, it is now the 26th of March, will apply to employees in the U.S. making above 40000 a year and will be tiered based on personal on a person's annual salary. For those making forty to 64900 salaries will be slashed by 5%. So I guess in the long run, they won't be losing that much for just for, for two months. Um, and then for those making between sixty-five and eighty-nine hundred and nine hundred dollars, they'll see a 7% cut. And it increments up to there. And it goes 9% for the next uh, tier. BuzzFeed staffers with the salaries between $125,000 and $169,900, And then for those $170,000 to $224,000, you get it. Um, so this is just for a couple of months, but they will be seeing how this happens. What happens in June? What happens in July? If they have to rethink the whole thing, then they will. Uh, as you can see, everybody's hurting from talent agencies to online periodicals. Uh, we'll, in a, li- a little bit later in the show, we'll talk about how this is hurting uh, the other companies, other companies, but um, or the 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 news, the journalists, and all that stuff. But this not being able to. Not being able to do your job correctly or to the fullest extent is, uh, I mean, obviously you can do, let's, let's talk specifically for journalism uh, and, and I guess talent agencies too. You can do that job from home. You can scout somebody and say, oh, this person is a funny talent or this story. I can do this entire, I can report this entire story from home, which has been, which has been going on. You know, look at NPR, any of those podcasts. Those people are reporting from home and they're doing a great job with it. Um, but you need to be hands on in a way where going to the to this to the area where the story is uh, can only help can can help. Um, it, it, obviously, you can't BuzzFeed and the New York Times and and none of these companies that even are in journalism can't operate in the same way. Uh, for for the next for uh, for you know six to eighteen months or however long this pandemic is going to be affecting us. Let me just add this to here. Six fifty two. <laughs> just handling some business. <laughs> it's not six fifty two. It's not that bright at six fifty two. I'll tell you that much. But we do know. That for for the for, for at least for the next season, the animated shows that air on Fox and probably animated shows th- for you know throughout the television sphere are going to be some version of fine. The Simpsons, Family Guy, Duncanville, and uh, Bob's Burgers obviously have been renewed by Fox because animation animated shows take. They need at least a year in advance to make these shows. Uh, and so now we've learned, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter, written by Leslie Goldberg, animated series adapted keen, uh, to keep production go- growing. <laughs> animation series adapted to keep production going amid industry-wide shutdown. So now all these shows, a lot of these voice actors, they have a lot of other jobs. Kevin Michael Richardson, Tara Strong, they've made appearances on any of these shows. Uh, they more than likely have recording booths in their house houses uh, or a room that's soundproof a room like this, but it's probably soundproofed that they can record that you can record, you know, so many things. 
you just call in to the production studio, whoever's producing it, and then uh, the voice director will be right there. The engineer will be right there to help you out. And boom, they have their lines recorded. The script sent over in PDF. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Uh, so for Family Guy and The Simpsons, I believe Family Guy is they're already into making next season's episodes. I think they have 18 episodes already recorded. Al Jean, the Simpsons showrunner, said production hasn't skipped a day, lost a beat. We intend to do 22 shows we were contracted to do. There's been no change in how we do things. Um, if you don't know, I think uh, Harry Shearer, Shearer uh, who, who does Ned Flanders, Skinner, uh, Monty Burns, um, you know, just a whole bunch of characters. I'm trying to think of Smithers. Whew, that's who I, I watch The Simpsons every single day, and I just I, I blanked on Mr. Smithers' name. Uh he said, I mean, he, when he was leaving this, when he wanted to leave the Simpsons a couple years ago, it was like leaked, leaked. It was said that he has, his, he can record, he records over the phone. That's what he does. So, uh, so these shows will be fine. Cartoons will be fine. They're already deep into next season anyway. So listen, we're going to take a break and we'll come back. Second half of the show. Nothing else. <laughs> and we're back. Oh my gosh. And now I hear a buzzing. Hold on. Give me a second. Okay. Oh, God. It's still going? If I turn this off. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. This is embarrassing. <laughs> okay. What if I disarm? I just disarm this. Is it going to... Oh, it just doesn't stop. Okay. Hopefully, it's not annoying. <laughs> Very interesting that this is going on. Uh, hopefully, this makes recording the show a lot easier. Uh, this new recorder. I've been playing with it. Jesus Christ in heaven. Oh my God. I have been dealing with it. See, <laughs> I get to leave, obviously. Uh, but these people upstairs get to stay. <laughs> and God bless it. If this, if this <laughs> I'm not dying, but I feel like I'm dying. Uh, I haven't gotten a wink of sleep in uh, since... Uh, this whole virus thing started. I'm not joking. Uh, I have not had one good night of sleep. <laughs> and it's all because of them. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's get on with this uh, so I can go into the other room. This comes from Rick Porter. Stay on home TV. People staying at home. They're watching a lot of TV, obviously. That's all you hear about is people watching TV. Talking about all this stuff. People just saying, oh, what are you binge watching? What are you binge watching? Look, I used to not have a job for a very long time. Or I used to have like a bunch of gigs. And the days you don't work are the worst. Because <laughs> you're not making money. And it sucks. <laughs> and you're just sitting there at home. Uh, and obviously, the people who haven't given up. I'm not giving up. That sounds bad. If you're looking, for, if you're doing a bunch of gig work and you're actively looking for a job, uh, you don't want to sit there and watch TV all day because it is not helping you. And uh, I, I mean, trust me, I've done both. I've done both sides. I've been looking for a job all day, or I've been watching TV all day, and it is, not, and they're both equally worrisome and stressful. Um, so if you are not working right now and you're just sitting home watching TV, thinking this is a vacation, you're gonna you're ruining things for yourself. Uh, that's why I continue to wake up and work out. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. He has an app called Center. C-E-N-T-R. And I'm touching my face again. And you can probably hear my eyes squeak. Um, this pollen is killing me. Uh, just like them. 
both killing me. Uh, he has an app called Center, and it's a workout app, and it can plan your meal nutritions and uh, you know lead you through workouts and everything. But most importantly, it's a workout app, and they made it free. He made it free. He and his team made it free for ninety days. So I just started checking it out. It's a good app, very well produced. Uh, and then Peloton made their app free uh, for ninety days, and then Nike, they already had a free app, but they have a free sec uh, a paid section. That they made it free for nine days. So now I'm just switching between all three. I did a dance class and a boxing class this morning for Center and uh, Peloton, uh, irrespectively. And it was challenging. Oh, and then I hopped over to Nike. I did a stretch class. <laughs> so I did about an hour and tens worth of workouts uh, on three different apps. I, I had a good time. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's the story of my life. I'm going to work. I'm waking up. I'm working out. That's it. So, TV watching has spiked. For kids 2 to 11, this increased by 14%. And 12 to 17, this increased by 18%. Uh, usage for TV among adults, up 5% overall. Shows on broadcast are getting the best nights they've ever had in years. Chicago, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. <laughs> All those different Chicago shows. There's going to be a crossover with Chicago PD and uh, FBI most one. Or I think Chicago Met. I don't know which one. <laughs> it's all the same to me. It's all the same. Only names change. Is that what, is that, what that song's about? <laughs> you gotta laugh. That might be a reference. Um... And then all as well, we'll get into this later, news programming has skyrocketed, has just exploded, which is obviously, which is good for the networks, but I don't think it's good for the people who are just watching and reading coronavirus news all day, every day, because that stuff's not going to change. You know, you get three alerts from Washington Post, New York Times, and and, uh, NPR, and it's all going to be the same thing. (laughs) 3.3 billion people apply for unemployment, biggest since the recession, you know, just like, yeah. So, ABC's World News Tonight, uh, which usually gets, yeah, they got 12.55 million nightly viewers. ABC's Nightly News got 12.01. They have not seen these numbers since the early 2000s. CBS's Evening News has jumped to 7.6 million viewers. Wow. Wow. And people don't like uh, or stop watching when Nora O'Donnell took over. And then obviously, cable news has seen a growth. CNN, their total day audience, uh, the week of March 16th to the 22nd, was the same, was uh, double than that of last year. Fox News increased by 77%. MSNBC was up by 38%. Wow. And it had its most watched week ever, averaging 1.64 million viewers Oof. and then streaming data obviously they don't get but nielsen can kind of get numbers from you know roku and apple tv they're saying it jumped 10 percent in the week of march 9th and then hbo reports that from the 14th to the 23rd uh hbo now rose 40 percent over its previous four-week average Oof. man Obviously, it's driven by Westworld. Okay, so people are watching more and more TV because they're sitting at home. 
and they're not doing anything. Uh, it's, I will be interested. So let's say best case scenario, summertime, there, the weather gets warmer, hotter, especially down here. And this heat, the, the virus can't really survive well in heat. I don't know the statistics, but I'm, I don't think it, I, I hurt. Uh, I might be wrong. I'm usually wrong. So what happens if there's some type of not cure, but some type of treatment for it? And, you know, June, July, uh, people are, you know, starting to go back to work because it's going to happen. Like people are going to companies are not going to pay people to just sit around anymore. Uh, so June, July, people start heading back to work, you know, inside the offices and stuff. Uh, cautiously, of course, you know, they'll, I mean, they'll work from home some days, but obviously they have to go back into work at some point. Uh, what that's going to do for television, uh, because I, because these cartoons are being made, but nothing else, everything else is staggered and stopped. Um, I guess I have nothing else to add to that, but, but with all the news jumping up and increasing, then it's good that people are learning you know, to trust, not to trust, uh, but to, I guess, I guess they're not staying in their neighborhoods. They're, they're learning to go beyond what their normal news usage is. Cause there's probably you know, people watching CNN for the first time in years, people watching MSNBC for the first time in years. Uh, I'm not going to acknowledge the other one. <laughs> no one should watch that one. Um, but this comes from the New York Times. So this next story is uh, what happens when they're only focusing on that and they're not focusing on what's local. Local news outlets dealt a crippling blow, but as biggest of stories. This comes from Tiffany Sue and Mark Tracy. Now, this isn't the original. I want to preface this with this isn't the original story I saw this from. And I mean, it's the same theme, the same premise, but I don't remember i think it was vox they also wrote somebody wrote something about local news papers and local news online dying print dying because of you know the coronavirus there are papers like if you know uh, patch or you know i don't know something like let's say your town's name observer like if you say the uh, marietta observer um the lafayette lounge and it's a local paper you see it you can buy it uh you can read it online you can uh, go to the your big lots big lots you go to your you go to your uh, your your local's grocery store and it's sitting there for you know three dollars 250 something like that uh those papers are dying because people well a people aren't reading it but b the coronavirus because they're able, they're not able to work. They the stories that are like hyper local aren't able to re, be reported on online. Like you got to go in to the opening of the the uh, the new town hall. You got to go into that stuff. Uh, but then also these papers they don't have enough money to pay these people uh, in the first place. There's there's one organization that you can apply through. They'll look for, they have partnerships with different newspapers around the nation. And then if you're a journalist and uh, let's say you want to work in in Lafayette, Louisiana, is that an area? I believe let's say you want to work in Lafayette. 
because that's where you're born and that's where you just want to that's where you want to be and it's obviously not new orleans it's not the biggest place but i don't know if lafayette's a real place let me look that up lafayette uh lafayette is a city in louisiana look at me uh so let's say you want to walk in lafayette work in lafayette and i don't even know if it's big i'm not gonna look up to see if it's big but let's say you want to work in lafayette because that's where you're born uh, there's there's an organization you can apply through their website, and you can uh, they have they have uh, job listings uh, uh, from from the Lafayette Observer, the Lafayette Gazette, and they're willing to pay up to half of your salary if the Lafayette Gazette can you know get twenty grand, then they're willing to pay the other twenty grand for you to make a living wage being a reporter in this small town that that is such a great idea. I had no idea a company like that existed. Uh, it's so beautiful to, to see local news, hyper local news being treated like it is like it should be like, it's like it's one of the broadcasters or even one of the local news on television, television, <laughs> excuse me, I'm getting a little choked up here. Uh, but as you, as you can see, if you read this, uh, this piece, that uh, Miss Sue and uh, Cripley, is that his name? Tracy? <laughs> I had Tracy in my head and I thought Cripley was funnier. Uh, but if you, like obviously this pandemic is the the great, this is a quote from the thing, from the the piece, but obviously pandemic is the the biggest thing that'll ever happen to, to this, the Lafayette Gazette, which is not a real thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm getting a, uh, a spam text my favorite thing to receive what is going on with uh i think it's uh, never mind (laughs) i don't want to get into it because i don't have that much time left because i am dying (laughs) i'm sorry that's not funny to say especially during the coronavirus i keep looking at the monitor for some reason the cameras are over there uh it sucks because you have the uh places like chattanooga where i went to school the pulse uh, is going to con- discontinue its print edition. They're just having to just stop doing print editions. Uh, 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 Isthmus, a weekly Madison uh, magazine in uh, Wisconsin, announced it would go dark for a time. Just people just can't do their jobs. Chicago Reader starts switching off between PDF and print editions. They're not because it costs money to print, and then it costs money to 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 pay somebody to to take the truck out and to put in these stores. It just sucks that these these journalists, you know, they're they're doing their dreams, and uh, something like this that shuts down an entire world is uh, is affecting it. But let's move on to the bigger the bigger side of the news. Uh, this comes from Variety. ABC is putting a heavy focus, heavier focus on the news. It's written by Brian Steinberg. So, uh, ABC in the past few days. The Walt Disney-owned broadcast network has pushed back its flagship late-night program, Jimmy Kimmel Live, currently on repeats, obviously, to make room for Nightline. So Nightline has become the premier thing. When the pandemic started, this is from the piece, later on the piece, I'm just now remembering it. When the pandemic started, uh, they forewent an episode of 2020 to do an episode of 2020 that was about the pandemic. Like they already prepared an episode, but then they were like, no, throw that out. Do a 2020 special about the pandemic. Whereas before, you know, 
Oh, and then they, they did a, a Saturday night broadcast of uh, ABC News, uh, you know, whereas before, that was about the pandemic, whereas before, Nightline in 2013, the network uh, pushed it back to air after midnight with uh, top Disney executives believing Kimmel's show would bring in more ad revenue if it aired after the late local news. Uh, the decision made sense financially, but... I'm trying to skip ahead. I'm trying to skip ahead because there's a part where I wanted to read. Anyway, uh, the news division had closed that this had disclosed that two. Oh, jeez. Okay. Anyway, the staffers were a little bit discouraged because you know you push back Nightline, which is supposed to be this broadcasting news thing. You know, their NBC News, their nightly news, their uh, their CBS Evening News. Then it just doesn't. You're basically saying that their jobs are moot or aren't as important. But. But now we have the return, this comes from New York Times, of evening broadcast news. Something that is completely unbiased, whereas you go to cable news and it's going to be biased no matter where you look. <laughs> it's going to be biased. Uh, but evening news is now back in the spotlight. And that's why those numbers are up. I'm using my hands a lot because I don't have the iPad in my hands. <laughs> this is the evening news is back, written by John Coblin. Uh, World News Tonight, Nightly News, both, like I said earlier, and those 12 million viewers. This is the first time that it's been this big since the 2000s, as I said earlier. Uh, Western Holt says, nothing else matters right now. This is the story of our lifetimes. And that could be true. Uh, we could also see aliens come down in the next year or so. God, what would Trump do if aliens came down? <laughs> what would What would happen? Well, this administration, how would this administration react? Wouldn't that be great? But now people are starting to trust the broadcast a little bit more because they understand that even during a time where we were just we just had 12 people on stage debating each other to to run as a, a president. Uh, now, I think people are smart enough to see. You know, even though we have dumb kids going out and celebrating their spring break right now. But I think people are smart enough to see, or the adults are smart enough to see, or people who watch news. It could be There could be teenagers watching evening news. They're smart enough to see that the veil of cable news is very thin. And that they can peer into CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and go, this is wrong. <laughs> Not all of it. But they can look at one of them, Fox News, and say, this is wrong. Uh, Chris Cuomo. <laughs> I don't like Chris. I don't know. I'm just joking. Uh, it's Jake Tapper I don't like. So they can, they can look and see that this is wrong and that uh, they need something that's going to be a little bit more truthful, a little bit more substantive, and uh, something that's not biased. That's why you can trust Brian Holt. Brian Holt. I was thinking Brian Williams. That's why you can trust Lester Holt. Brian Williams, I do like him, even though he lied about uh, the helicopters. <laughs> and uh, Nora O'Donnell. And even Stephanopoulos. I know he doesn't do the evening news <laughs> for ABC. But <laughs> I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> um, I'm very happy for Nora O'Donnell because her show was not doing well. In all, an average of 32.2 million people watched the evening newscast last year. Last week, a 42% increase from a year a year earlier. 
younger people have tuned in too. 67% rise among adults between the ages of 25 54. I'm in that age range, baby. Closer to the bottom than I am the top. <laughs> Which is good. So, man, this is a, I don't, this can, this is really changing everything. And not only is it changing, uh, for news time I've done, I've covered how it changes late night in TV and, uh, talk shows, uh, movies. And now next week's episode is music, which I've already written, which I'm so happy about. I'm so glad I've written that episode. Uh, but it changes the way news is going to be presented because we have been dealing with, you know, quote unquote fake news for the past, uh, eight years. Yes. Yes. Eight years. Right? No, 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 no. No, 2012. Okay, today's 2020. Go back for the past uh, five years. So five or six years. So maybe it's time that we can elevate ourselves from that from that area of, you know, not real news to something that's believable. All right. Listen. If you like what you're here, and I don't know why you would, head on over to the website, com, where we've got interviews with your favorite comedians. Uh, be on the lookout for that Larry the Cable Guy one. I think April 7th is the date. It'll be out. Uh, so, yeah, you can. <laughs> and that's where you can. That's a landing page for everything, pretty much. So, definitely, com. You want to see a video version of the show? Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash comedy. You can see me sitting here on the futon, talking to the mic, trying to make eye contact with the cameras and then shyly looking away. <laughs> is uh, youtube.com slash comedy. So you can also see our flagship show, News Time, which is a news show, entertainment news show, slightly daily show, but way less funny. Just try to interject jokes in it. Uh, this week's episode is about how the coronavirus impacts talk shows and late night hosts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely check it out. Next week's will be about how it affects music. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Seaples Comedy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Rate, review us on the Constitutionals, on the, on the Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Just rate and review us. Tell your friends, Share everything. Comment on everything. And I will respond. I promise you I will respond because I got nothing else going on. Thank you for listening. This is the end. Goodbye.